We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, the quest to fill the voids left by Clayus Campbell and Justin Houston. That quest continues for the Ravens, who are reportedly set to host free agent defensive end Dewan Smoot for a visit early next week. Yes, Sarah, the former Jacksonville Jaguar tore his Achilles late last season, but he's apparently doing well in his rehab and prepping to get back on the field for this upcoming 2023 season. That's according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. He is just 28, and he's logged five sacks or more in four straight seasons. I'm Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Thursday, July 20th, and this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault. So ESPN's Lewis Riddick has one reservation that's preventing him from picking the Ravens over the Bengals when it comes to the team that poses the greatest threat to Kansas City this year. Plus an update on rookie offensive lineman Andrew Voorhees, who Baltimore drafted in the seventh round back in April. Yeah, we have all that more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. All right, partner, as we mentioned in the open, according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, former Jaguars defensive end Dewan Smoot is set to visit the Ravens early next week. As we know, the Ravens are looking for a little bit of help in the edge department. And as I mentioned, Smoot tore his Achilles late last season, but he's trending in the right direction. Uh, he's got a lot of productivity consistency wise in the sack department over the last several years. And obviously with no Calais Campbell and no at the moment, Justin Houston on the 2023 roster, uh, they could use a little bit of help bolstering that unit. Yeah, I think they definitely need to need help. And uh, I think that they for sure are signing somebody. So this doesn't come as a surprise that they're going to bring somebody in for a visit. But what is always funny is, you know, us and many people around town have been talking about who that person could be. I don't know anybody locally had been thinking about Smoot. Here's kind of the 401 on him for those that don't know him. I'm assuming a fair bit of people don't know him. So he's still only 28. So still on the younger side, on the, on the right side of 30. He was originally drafted by the Jaguars, I believe, seven seasons ago. And it was in the third round. So he's kind of the guy, he kind of reminds me of a Raven third third rounder where the Ravens are really good at developing 
defensive and offensive linemen or other people from the third round. So his first two years, he didn't really do much as he was developing. And then suddenly that third year, he kind of busts out. And he's just been kind of this model of consistency ever since. At least five sacks in each of the past four seasons. Uh, I have a feeling that he would have been more prized. He probably would have been signed by now if he wasn't injured. Obviously, he was injured on December 22nd to that Achilles. So that obviously hurt him in coming back. And so last season, he was doing great. He was He had five sacks. 21 tackles and a forced fumble in the 15 games he had played for the Jags. Uh, at the time that he went down, he was tied uh, for the team lead in sacks. And then he had the 32nd best pass rush grade among all NFL edge rushers. And that's according to the grades by Pro Football Focus. So certainly a guy that uh, has brought a lot of consistency over the last few years. I saw a video that that you were tagged in here by a member of Ravens Twitter. Uh, it's at game medicine is his handle. Mills RX is his actual display name, but he's a medical professional and he kind of put together a timeline because as we know, you know, Ravens are no stranger to torn Achilles, right? Like Tyus Bowser and David Ajabo have both suffered that injury in the last couple seasons. So it's taken some time to get those guys back to, to playing mode and Mills RX uh, based on you know his, his uh, bread and butter within the medical profession, decided to to put together a little video that detailed the timeline uh, for Dewan. Biggest injury concern I have with him is, of course, he tore his Achilles, as we know, late last season. Now, I believe it was in December. And if it was in December, we're about seven or so months away from the initial injury. Now, torn Achilles take about six to 12 months to fully heal. So he's within um, he's within the range and he's well within to his uh, rehab program. So that's good. Um, if if we do decide to sign him, he's going to need a full training camp and he'll need some ramp up time to get back to full game action. I put him somewhere between early to late. I know it's a wide range, but early to late September, he should be ready for game action. But um, yeah, it's good. It's good that we're getting a look at a, such a very promising player because we need help on the defensive line. Uh, there's no question about that. And we appreciate Mills RX for his expertise in that category. But uh Sarah, you actually dug up some video of Dewan rehabbing back in May, and he was looking pretty mobile for the most part. Yeah, I mean, he's doing ladders in that video. Obviously, this is audio only, so we can't we can't show it. He's doing these ladders. He's jumping. He's jumping up and down. He's putting weight on it. Yeah, so I mean, five months in, obviously, we're no experts in, in this category, uh, but five months in, like you said, he was pretty mobile. So it's been two months since then, and uh, by the time... Yeah, September rolls around. That'll be nine months in. And so uh, it's hard. It's hard to know, uh, you know, maybe Mills RX is correct. Maybe it is around September. I'm sure that's one of the reasons why the Ravens are bringing, bringing him in for a visit. You can pretty much guarantee that he will be meeting with trainers and they will have a physical and they will get all sorts of images on that Achilles to see where they're at. Um, but it, it, it oftentimes it's hard to say. I mean, he said it's six to 12 months. I'm sure that depends on severity, right? I mean, Tyus Bowser, he injured his Achilles literally the last game of the season. And he did end up coming back towards the end of the season to help the Ravens out. I know we've seen 
Trill Suggs come back crazy fast. So it, it, it does all have to do with how severe it is combined with how, how quickly you can heal. Um, what's what's interesting about him, so so this is kind of my question that I don't know that, that we have an answer for yet, but I've seen a lot of people ask, like, does this close the door? Like, if the Ravens were to look at at, at his, at his uh, Achilles, and they're like, yeah, we feel like he, he can contribute this year in a meaningful way. And let's say RX Mills is correct, and it's around September, okay? And again, that's we don't know that that's what it is, but let's say all those things fall into place. Does he take the place of perhaps resigning Justin Houston? Or is this more trying to replace what Clayus Campbell brought? I know that Smoot is pretty versatile. I was reading up from from uh, Jaguars reporters. He is very versatile. He can, you know, stand up on the edge or he can go inside three tech, five tech, all that kind of stuff, which reminds me a little bit of like a Pernell McPhee kind of a role. Pernell McPhee was not Clayus Campbell, but he also isn't Justin Houston. He, it's, it's more smooth. So I, I don't know if this takes the place of Houston. I guess it all depends on on the money. Once we know the figures, then we'll know exactly what the Ravens think they're getting out of him. But but what do you think? Is this more of a Clayus move, a Houston move, or a guy who can do both? And then they're gonna they're gonna have him in there and then rely on their younger guys to on like who are more David Ajabo being like the pass rusher on the outside, outside linebacker, and then some of these other younger guys um in the middle. I guess sack wise, it kind of matches up with what Clayus provided last year, right? We said mm-hmm. that what he's logged. Dewan has logged five sacks or more in four straight seasons, and Calais finished last year with five and a half yep. uh, over 14 games. Uh, so, what? And he's but it's less up about the, the sacks. To me, it's less about the sacks and more about filling a role. You know what I mean? But but maybe sure. they're just finding different ways. Like we've said, it's going to be a committee to to kind of bring that up. I, I just I am curious if this if this would close the door on Houston. Yeah, I am too. I- you're, you're right, because Calais was so, so valuable aside from, you know, put sacks aside for a second. What he did in the run game, what he done, you know, what he did at the point of attack, you know, just in the trenches, setting the tone and obviously the off the field stuff, too, as a Walter Payton Man of the Year Award recipient back in the, you know, a couple of years ago. It, yeah, it you, you can't put a price tag on any of that. My hope is that they, they're, they'd be able to do both. I mean, I saw Cliff Brown, you know, your former colleague, Raven staff writer, say recently that he thinks that Justin is going to be a part of the 2023 Ravens. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hoping that that they're able to do, especially with the, the cap flexibility that they have with with Lamar opening things up, that extension and whatnot. I'm hoping that they're both they're able to do one year deals for both of these guys. Maybe Dewan gets gets more than one. Justin will probably if Justin happens, it's probably going to come at some point you know, during training camp, like it did last year in the form of a, of a one year, you know, veteran minimum type of thing. Then again, <laughs> he logged nine and a half sacks and it was the team lead last year. So you want to talk about a little leverage, right? Justin's got some leverage. Yeah. Well, what's crazy is you'll remember like in the beginning of the year, the Ravens were just like crossing their fingers that they could get through with Justin. And like, it was bare bones. They got like JPP, like maybe that's more like what Smoot is. Maybe he's more of like a JPP kind of a role, which would leave obviously the door open for Houston. But yeah, so, so they were just trying to wait for guys to get healthy, like Tyus and then Ojabo and all this stuff. And then, so they, they like, 
Houston went crazy in the beginning of the year, and then he didn't have to do as many uh, reps later in the year. So I, I was reading a, a fan had asked Jeff Zrebeck after after this signing or after this news of Smoot, and they said, "So is he for sure going to be coming back to the NFL? And if if he does, is it for sure the Ravens?" And Jeff was like, "Well, my understanding is he does want to come back to the NFL, but it's not like Baltimore bust, you know. Like I'm sure he'd get interest from several places." based off of what he's been doing. So based on what he did last year. So um, it's, I think it's definitely a situation to watch. Definitely going into next week. Cause it, Ian said it was early next week. So we'll be on the lookout for sure. Yep. Shifting gears back to a earlier conversation from this week, this whole preseason prediction conversation surrounding the Kansas city chiefs and which team outside of KC is the biggest threat to the reigning Super Bowl champions. A lot of, some folks have the Ravens. Others have the Bengals. Others have the Jets. I mean, take your pick. It's a stacked AFC. Mike Greenberg from ESPN. The Bills, sure, absolutely. Jaguars could be in the conversation. Uh, we Again, we could go on and on here, but, but Mike Greenberg said it best. He thinks that the AFC is the most stacked that it's ever been in the history of the National Football League. So that just gives you an idea, and that's a historian right there. Obviously, Mike and Mike is legendary in sports radio, and now he's on the television side of things. But Mike's been around for a long time, and for him to think that that this year could be the most stacked tells you all you need to know. It's a gauntlet and then some with a capital G. So anyway, Lewis Riddick, widely respected, uh, former player personnel guy, former player, would not be surprised if at some point he makes his transition from TV to a GM slot. I know he's interviewed at, at a bunch of different, um, well, not a bunch, but I know he's had one or two interviews for general manager vacancies in the last couple of years. Anyway, he talked about who is best to potentially be a threat to the Kansas City this year. I think they're going to be right there. There's no question. And, you know, in the context of this conversation about who is the bigger threat, who is the biggest threat to the Chiefs, the only reason why – well, there's a number of reasons why I picked Cincinnati, but what I would, the reason why I would put Baltimore below them is because of that uncertainty surrounding Lamar's meshing with Todd Monken and how quickly they can get it going. Look, it looks great on paper. It's going to sound great all during the offseason, during OTAs and mini camps. Everyone's going to paint a perfect picture. Now, how's it going to happen in real time? What's it going to look like in real time? What's OBJ and Zay going to look like in real time? How's Mark and Andrews going to, you know, really you know, producing this offense relative to what Todd Munkin likes to do, which on paper, it should be fantastic considering what he did at Georgia with 12 personnel, two tight ends, two wides in a back. They're, Baltimore's built for it. They're built for his style. I just don't know how it's going to actually play itself out in real time. And Cincy, everybody's back. The coordinators are back. The head coach is back. The quarterback is back. Every integral part of that football team is back. And they added pieces. That's why I picked Cincinnati. So, Sarah, I'm, I'm OK with that. And here's why. I, I don't think he's expressing doubt. I think he's expressing hesitancy, which is fair. To me, it's fair to wonder whether or not what looks pretty immaculate on paper will translate immediately into wins and contending. Right. First year offensive coordinator, essentially a first year wide receiver room, aside from a couple guys, first year scheme, uh, lots of lots of stuff on Lamar's plate. The pressure of of being you know extended, even though we don't he's never seemed to feel pressure. It's going to be there. There's going to be a ton of national attention, all those things like I'm OK with that, because I still feel like Lewis at the top expressed like 
almost as if, and he didn't say this specifically, but it's almost as if he's cautiously optimistic. And I think that's fair or um, cautiously optimistic. I don't know if that's the right word per se, but clearly he was a little hesitant and he's giving Cincy the, the nod. And I'm okay with that for now. Oh, 1000%. Like there's, there's some teams that are going to just look the same, right? Like, you know what you're going to get out of KC, you know what you're for the most part going to get out of the, out of the bills. You know what you're going to get out of the Bengals. Obviously, we don't know quite about the Jets just because it's, you know, Aaron Rodgers is, is going over there. So there's going to be, I'm sure, some some different things. I don't know that you can translate what he did for the Packers all the way, but you you kind of know who Aaron Rodgers is by now. And so we just talked about this in our last show that when Sal Powell said he thinks that the Ravens are going to shock the AFC North, right? And he's and and what we took from that was like because it's going to be so different, right? Now that's the way he said it. The way we've been talking about it is that he's just going to try to better marry the run game with the pass pass game. So to Lewis Reddick's point, like if if it's going to shock these other teams, it could shock us as well. Like. And and then again, more to Lewis Reddick's point, like, but it's only going to shock if it all comes together and, and we're all assuming it will. And here's the thing under the, the Greg Roman offense, we found the ceiling for the Greg Roman offense. The ceiling was definitely 2019 when it really did shock everybody, but then he could never evolve it into a, this incredible rushing attack with a respected passing attack. He could never do that. So that was the ceiling. That was it. 2019 was shocking everybody with this, with this incredible rushing attack. And and don't get me wrong. Obviously Lamar uh, led the league in passing touchdowns that year too, but it was kind of like, it just caught everybody off guard. The thing about Greg Romans, while we knew what his ceiling was, we also knew it. his offense had a nice high floor, right? Like it was like we knew what the bare minimum was going to be. And we knew that a handful of teams couldn't handle it. And so we don't know the ceiling for Todd Munkin's offense. We don't know the floor for Todd Munkin's offense. What if it's lower, you know, than the floor from Greg Romans? Who Who knows? Now, I think we're all super excited with all these new wide receivers, the freedom that Lamar Jackson's going to have, all of it. But I get Riddick's point where it's like, it, it could all be awesome, but because I don't know, because I haven't seen it, because I haven't seen that tangible evidence, I'm going to go with what I have seen, which is the Bengals. So yeah, of course, that's completely fair. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yep, more than fair. And Lewis is one of the more level-headed guys out there uh, in in sports media. So that's that. Just wanted to mention that. Also want to mention some wide receiver news around the NFL that got a little bit of run on Wednesday. And Adam Schefter tweeted it out that Jets wide receiver Denzel Mims, who is a former 2020 second-round selection by New York, he was informed that he will be waived if he's not traded. Uh, Brian Koz first reported this from the New York media outlet there. Uh, but again, the, the initial tweet here, the initial reports were that he had already been waived, but he hasn't technically been yet. He's been informed that he will be waived if he's not traded. Now, our girl, Josina Anderson, friend of the show, tweeted out late on Wednesday evening an update. She's told that the Jets and the Lions are having exploratory trade talks on Denzel Mims. There's a little bit of energy there, she says. Her understanding is that Mims is open to that possibility. So let's see what happens. But I think the reason why we brought it up is because another one of our guys, one of our trusty guys, the Athletics Jeff Zarebeck, who came on the show recently within the last month or so, he retweeted this. And as you and I both know, Jeff is extremely selective with his retweets. So I'm just wondering if... The whole revamp, are they completely satisfied with the revamp wide receiver that, that work that they've done, Sarah? Because I didn't think there was any more any more room for improvement here. Yeah, I don't think there's any more room. I think you're right. I don't think we would have even brought this up if Jeff hadn't re- retweeted it. Um, it kind of just made me wonder that if in the, in the past, maybe the Ravens had had conversations with Mims and that maybe he knew that there were just conversations because he talks to, you know, uh, agents also so i don't know if i mean all gms check in on everybody so maybe there was a conversation in the past that maybe stuck in jeff's head or whatever but um if i were denzel mims i wouldn't want to come to baltimore because what he's really looking for is i mean as a former second round pick coming out of baylor lots of people loved him um it just really didn't catch on after like an initial spark um his rookie year and then, and then he was injured and then just never really caught on again. So he's looking for like a brand new start where he actually has a chance to like do a lot. And I just don't see that. I don't see that in Baltimore. There's just, um, I, I just, yeah, I just think there's too many other guys also vying for that type of opportunity. And I would think he'd want to go at a place where he's got a little bit more of an opportunity. And, um, and I also just want to see, I just, I'm just so focused on Zay Flowers and, and Rashad Bateman and OBJ and Nelson Aguilar and, and all these other receivers that I, I just don't see it happening. If I'm not mistaken, not only were the Ravens interested in Mims uh, in the 2020 draft, 
but I want to say that I remember some speculation or some buzz surrounding Mims as a potential trade target or the Ravens maybe placing a call, which is, again, it's, mm. that's not news. They do that for, you know, they do their due diligence on hundreds of players, I'm sure every year. Um, but I think maybe that was the connection there that there had been a little bit of flirtation uh, in the past. So anyway, something to look out for, perhaps he lands in Detroit. Several quick hits before we jump in this episode. Jeff, back to Jeff. He recently wrote, and I'll let you actually take this because I believe you you read the piece and I did not, but something about Lamar related to training camp or, or preseason time. Oh, just that in his uh, preseason tr- or pre-training camp kind of storylines to watch, he had spoken quite a bit about Lamar and like what a watch there. Nothing new that we haven't spoken about, but then he just said, that Lamar probably won't play much, if at all, in the preseason. You know, because it's Jeff, it's some, it sometimes seems like news or whatever. Um, but that is exactly what I... I can't imagine many of the starters, at least returning starters, there will probably have to be some guys who will, who are projected to be starters but need that time, like an Ajabo, or, you know, somebody like him would probably need some preseason. But I do not anticipate Lamar Jackson stepping a foot on a field in the preseason. You think JK will want to? Yeah. (laughs) Don't even start. Don't even start. I'm not even going to go there. Okay. (laughs) We'll keep it moving here. We'll talk a little bit about a Ravens rookie that we probably won't see this year. And and this is probably one of the major reasons as to why Uh, rookie seventh round offensive lineman, Andrew Voorhees. Uh, He was placed on the non football injury list this week. So, uh, as Jeff has written on Twitter, team officials have said that, uh, you know, he tore his ACL right at the NFL scouting combine, as we know, still put up major bench press, right? Which tells you all you need to know about him. But team officials, as Jeff has noted, uh, have said that he will likely miss this entire season. So call it a redshirt season. And who knows? Maybe he's, you know, a starting offensive lineman for this team come 2024, because there was a lot of buzz on this dude coming out of, I believe, USC, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's he's this year's Ojabo, although obviously not like a top 10 kind of guy, but it, the, the same type of thing. This made me look up really quick, Bobby, how we were looking last year at this time on July 22nd. So we're still three days away from that. And we'll probably still get a, an official announcement of who will be on the non-football injury list. And he's on he uh, Voorhees is on that one because he wasn't injured at the Ravens. So we'll still find out who's going to be on the PUP. but. July 22nd, which is three days from now, the Ravens had announced that Ronnie Stanley, Tyus Bowser, Marcus Peters, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and Ardarius Washington were all were all starting on the PUP list. This year, yeah. I think I think the the guy who has a chance of starting on there is Patrick Ricard, um, maybe a couple of other guys, but I think the vast majority of guys that are injured besides Ricard are expected to ramp up within training camp. So, I mean, just this list, it was just like brutal. Those were leftovers from the year year before. We are in such a better spot at this time this year. Oh, for sure. Life has changed significantly. I can remember that really well. And then, <laughs> of course, the Ronnie thing, right? Like, I can remember doing one of our earliest episodes because we're coming up on a year of our show's existence on the 25th or 26th. And, and I remember, like, early on, like, Ronnie just – there was no information around him. You know, they were tiptoeing around it. They weren't releasing anything. They were, Mm. you know, basically answering around 
you know, certain topics related to Ronnie and, and he took his time on his way back, no doubt. And, you know, Harbs may have had some opinions on that. I can remember thinking, but, but clearly, you know, he wanted to wait until he was comfortable to get back out there. And uh, man, the fact that that's not even a remote conversation right now is, is awfully refreshing. So wanted to talk a little bit about a former Raven back in the day and an NFL hall of famer and the current head coach of Colorado at the college level, Deion Sanders. I know you had a great relationship with him during his brief time in Baltimore. He's going through it right now. Uh, His body has taken a man. You talk about guys taking a toll, you know, like he's set to undergo uh, two more surgeries and he's had several procedures already this off season, but two more surgeries are already are coming up on his leg and his foot today. Uh, he's going to have work done on his left toes to get them straightened out in hopes of, you know, hopefully they no longer give him pain when he wears shoes. Uh, remember, he had to have two toes amputated on that same foot after complications from a surgery he underwent in September of 2021. So, again, this is the, his second surgery in four weeks. He had blood clots removed in his left thigh and below his left knee back in June. And he had indicated at one point that he would need more surgery. So it looks like that is either these or potentially that's something separate because he has blood clots in his right thigh as well. So, man, uh, you know, obviously thoughts and prayers out there to to coach prime who's going through it right now. Jeez. Yeah, it's a lot going on. That guy is a fire fighter. He's so like kind of like what we had with Ojabo, like you just attack it, you, f- you fix it, you figure it out, you, you do what you got to do to get better. So, uh, yeah, much love to, to Coach Prime. Hopefully all these surgeries work out and this is the uh, back end of everything and he starts getting better. Also, along the lines of, of off-season workouts as we get ready for training camp, we know, by the way, like we mentioned earlier this week, that rookies have officially reported to their portion of training camp. So the season is here. Uh, but the veterans are getting their work done elsewhere. Nelson Aguilar, Isaiah Likely are putting in some off-season work, according to Nelson's Instagram, with uh, a couple QBs under Lamar and Tyler Huntley and Anthony Brown. We'll see if we'll see if either one of those guys make the roster. Anthony Brown probably not likely, unless knock on wood, there's some sort of injury, and then we know that Tyler Huntley's going to be facing off with Josh Johnson to be Lamar's primary backup for this upcoming season and partner, you know, I got to get this in here because it's hot right now. Sunday night baseball, first and foremost, for those of you who follow the Orioles baseball, the telecast, the ESPN national telecast is making its return to Camden yards in Baltimore for the first time in five years, which tells you a couple of things. One, the Orioles are, are legit. And two, ESPN cares about them. And, and they think that this game's going to mean something against the Yankees. Here's why. They're tied for first place in the AL East for the first time this season. They now start a series. They're traveling in the air as we speak right now down to Tampa Bay. They're tied with the Rays, and they're the eighth team in the history of the American and National Leagues to not be swept, meaning they haven't lost every single game of a, of a single series in 70 consecutive series. That is insane. Jeez. Jeez. And it tells you this this team is finally in the new era of Orioles baseball. I know you're in Columbus, so I'll just say you know, I live a square mile from these stadiums. This city has Orioles fever right now, 
They are young and tough and gritty and fun. And uh, I know that you and your son are coming to town next week and you're looking to go to a game. So I think you picked the perfect time. <laughs> it is funny because I'm I'm coming out for for training camp and then to meet you. And yeah, we're extending our, our stay by a couple of days just so that we can come to Orioles Yankees. We're super excited. I love it. I love it. And happy belated to your oldest as well. Super exciting. Thank you. Birthday week turned, in the Ellison. He turned 14 today. Yep. That is awesome. Awesome. All right. With that, we wanted to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons. As always, we do it every single episode, and we appreciate these guys and gals, Blake Yaspa and Patrick York. Thank you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. If you're interested in doing the same, especially if you're a small business owner, we got a couple cool special opportunities in there to promote what you do. Uh, check out what we're offering on Patreon by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast. Again, Sarah and I will have information forthcoming soon on training camp specials, live streams that we have coming up. We have a featured guest interview with Sala, the rookie tackle out of Oregon, a six round draft pick back in April. That will drop on Saturday morning coming up in a day or so. And as always, thanks for joining us on this Thursday morning vault edition for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. I'm Bobby Trossett signing off. We'll talk to you on Friday morning.